Blog Talk Radio. And now, here's your host, William Powell, the king of DC media. Good evening, ladies and gents. Tonight we have a fist full of action in tonight's show. We've got director and writer Paul Kiriazzi, who will soon release his seventh feature film, Forbidden Power which follows the adventures of ex-Air Force, now office ornament George, played by the excellent Lincoln Bevers, who gained superpowers after a one-night affair with an intriguing Native American woman named Veronica, played by the magnificent Nazanine Nuri. Forbidden Power is rated PG-13 for nudity, sensuality, violence, and brief language. Coming soon to Amazon Prime, Paul has directed such Hollywood legends as Adam West, Robert Culp, Rod Taylor, George Chakiris, and James Bond veteran David Hedison. You can find out more about Paul by going to www.paulcuriazzi.com. That's Paul, K-Y-R-I-A-Z-I. Or also Paul.Kiriazzi at Facebook. Also joining me tonight will be producer and fight choreographer for the film Harry Mock. Now Harry also produced the upcoming animated film Animal Crackers, voiced by Sylvester Stallone and Danny DeVito. Harry has directed music videos under the name of Michael Q for such artists as Stevie B, E-40, Master P, Jermaine, Dupree and the late, great Jimi Hendrix. He's also been involved in uh, Karate Kid 2 and Rambo First Blood, among other films. And wait, there's more. We also will be joined by Eric Staberg, who plays a character named Mouse, the consummate jerk and constant foil to hero George in the movie. Now, George, now Eric has a comedy background and has lead roles in films uh, such as Survival of the Fittest and Homeless Joe. You can find Eric out there at Facebook at TheEricStayberg.com. That's S-T-A-Y-B-E-R-G. And, folks, we have a big surprise for the fans later in the show, so tune in about another 15, 20 minutes. We've got a big surprise. You can find more about the film at uh, if you go to Facebook, Forbidden Power Movie. Watch the trailer by searching Forbidden Power Trailer on YouTube, and I think publicist Olinda Albu for helping set up this interview. Now, for further interviews, go through Linda. You can contact her at Linda at theinternetpublicist.com or Facebook. And for there, you go to the original Internet Publicist. Remember to find me on Instagram at WilliamPowell8796 and Facebook at Inside Acting Radio Show listeners and guests. You can contact me for bookings at William400 at Yahoo.com. I see everybody there is on the line, so let me go ahead and bring them on the air. Good evening, Paul, Harry, Eric. Welcome. Hi, William. How's it going? Thanks for good, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having us. Great, great to be All here. All right, fantastic. Now, Paul, why did you wait so many years after uh, Omega Cop to make your next feature film? Yeah, everybody asked me that question, um, William, and. Um, after Omega Cop, it was I kept trying to raise money for movies. And it was difficult, but I was um, I did um, 
some big travel videos, Thailand, Japan, and uh, industrials. And then I did um, about seven audio books using um, movie stars of the 60s that I grew up with, like you mentioned Rod Taylor, George Shakaris. So I was creatively very excited with that. But two big things happened. And, um, you know, I'm sure your listeners, uh, your actors that are considering producing a movie or the filmmakers that are listening to you now, uh, two big things happening uh, a year ago. Amazon uh, started this new program called Amazon Video Direct, where producers can upload their feature films onto Amazon, just like they did with their Kindle books. Uh, Choose your rental fee, choose your um, purchase fee, and um, uh, Amazon, uh, they they take 50%, and the other 50% goes directly into your bank without distributors uh, grabbing onto that. That's a, that's a big thing, and the second thing that made me uh, d- do this movie is, um, you know, there's no uh, video has gotten so good now, and recently they have this Red Dragon camera that shoots 6K, very very high definition. 4K is equal to 35 millimeter, so uh, you can screen this on the big screen. And uh, with the 4K uh, Dragon, and as you know, with uh, video uh, as opposed to film, film you had to buy film stock and then print work print, uh, negative cutting, you had to do timing. Um, Sometimes you lost a shot in the chemicals. With video, you shoot it, and um, what you get, uh, you know, you keep, and you can see it on the monitor. Uh, Uses less light, lighter cameras. So that made... um, probably for independent uh, movies cut cut budgets in half and so that was a, a big thing and the and the last thing was I wrote this novel Forbidden Power and I just had to do it so yeah I think uh, uh Martin Scorsese on his new um uh, internet uh teaching thing for movies on his advertisement he says you know, I can't help you if you want to make a career out of movies, but if you have a story you have to tell, this is the class for you. I had to tell this story, and I had to get it done. Those are the three things. The, the video cameras, uh, where, you, of course, you can edit on computers. Now you don't have to rent movieolas or chems, and um, the fact that you can uh, put it on Amazon yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So now, Harry, I'm going to go over to you now. What, how and why did you go from acting to producing your own movies? <laughs> William, that is a great question, and uh, thank you for having us today. Well, I, I, I tell you what, I, I got on this role, and I had just finished Uncommon Valor, and then the following year I went and worked on Rambo too, and in which I was hired personally by Stallone, um, which caused a little bit of a conflict. And uh, I thought I had gotten, became friends with all the stunt guys, and we became pretty close friends and all that, you know. And uh, uh, not shortly after, shortly after that show, they, I had gotten received an audition for Karate Kid 2. So I, I, from Northern California, I drove out to Warner Brothers, got on the lot, went to my audition, and I was uh, audition, auditioned opposite of Dustin Nguyen. And, Gosh, I, you know, who was the original Asian guy in 21 Jump, Jump Street. And I, and I thought to myself, oh, man, I, I don't even have a shot. This is Dustin Nguyen. I, how am I going to out, you know, out uh, act him, you know? But lo and behold, uh, I ended up getting the role. Uh, in doing so, I had a, 
great opportunity of meeting uh, Jerry Weintraub. They welcomed me on board. And as I was leaving, as I was leaving uh, to exit, and, and they said, be packed and ready to go to Hawaii tomorrow, uh, here I am leaving, and I'm walking out, and I don't want to mention any names, but uh, uh, one of the, the fight choreographer and one of the stunt guys came in, and the stunt guy had worked on with an Uncommon Valor and Rambo 2, and he kind of looks at me, and he says, hey, what are you doing here? And I was like, excited. I said, hey, I just auditioned for Karate Kid 2, and I, I got the role. And he just kind of looked at me and goes, oh, okay. You know, no, hey, congratulations, welcome aboard, nothing like that. I found that kind of odd. And um, two hours later, I got a phone call, and I was told that the director in Hawaii had already found somebody else, unfortunately, and uh, I'm sorry we have to cancel you off the show. And hmm. I was like, oh, my Lord, this is what's going on here. Wait a minute, I just got casted. Now I'm not on the show you know, and I had called my family, told them, hey, don't expect me home. I'm going straight from here to Hawaii, you know, and, and I was, like, so excited. I was finally getting into my career, you know. I was like, man, this is going to be this is going to be great. And then it turned into absolutely zilch. And I thought to mm. myself, well, wait a minute. Did I get dogged? Did I get dogged on this role? And, and um, well, just to make a long story short, a uh, uh, decades later i found out that i was dogged uh but but when that happened i was so hurt and i was i i went in, got went into a little depression you know and and i thought my goodness i had this big opportunity karate too man i mean i'm going to i'm i'm finally on my way into my career and when that happened and and i went into this depression i said to myself i said what can i do what can i do to never, ever, ever, ever allow this to happen again. What do I do? And yeah. and I said to myself, you know what? I have to be the boss. So I ended up connecting with uh, veteran actor James Hong. Um, I created a story. Uh, he he directed. I produced and wrote and and we did this uh, low-budget independent horror film that ended up becoming a cult film entitled The Vineyard. And from that point on, I, I never turned back. You know, I started producing. Uh, I'm an award-winning producer, director, writer. I directed a lot of music videos, the first ever Jimi Hendrix music video for uh, Janie Hendrix, uh, who owns the entire yeah. library. And, that, and that's basically, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's why I went into producing, because... Um, you know, I, I just didn't ever want that to happen to me again, you know. Uh, and I know that it does continue to happen. It's happened uh, to not just me. It's happened to many other people. And I know people today that, that it's happened to, and they, uh, as a stuntman, and their careers have literally, as they got older, has literally um, gone away. Their careers just go away. And, yeah. and they didn't do anything to train themselves in any other area of filmmaking and 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 they just it just ended for them or for myself i continued to produce continue to move on to direct write and act so i, I get to do it all that's fantastic and you know even uh burt reynolds i mean he was uh had a lot of physical roles but then later on it, it caught up with him he, he's just like he was sort of a wreck there yeah yeah do you know the the people that are compassionate about this industry you really have to have yeah. that compassion and you have to find your way you have to find your way to maneuver yourself 
through this industry. Don't ever give up because it will come back full circle. For me, it came yeah. back full circle. And and uh, a good friend of mine, and, and God bless this guy, Jalal Murphy, uh, casted me for Talons of the Ego and TC2000, which I starred in with uh, Billy Blanks, and which were very two very successful films. Yeah. That's fantastic, fantastic. Now, Eric, uh, you've been sitting back there quiet. <laughs> so this is a two-part question. How did you sure. land this part in uh, Forbidden Power? And then also, what advice would you have for on-the-set behavior for actors? Um, well, how I landed this, I mean, I- I'm still not sure uh, exactly <laughs> how I like landed it at first, honestly, because um, – I had um, I was up in Seattle at the time. Um, now I'm back down here in Southern California, but uh, I had just gotten a call from my agent, and uh, she said that hey, you know, there's this production company. It's a big production company in Seattle, one of, one of the bigger you know studios that's interested in you. I'm like interested in me for what? And they're like, oh well, you know, they just want you to come down and you know have an interview with them. I'm like, okay, great, that that'll be cool, and. Um, and then I ended up getting, like, the night before, I think I ended up getting uh, some, you know, the entire script for the film. And, and so I, I looked over it, and I, I read it, and I'm like, God, this is, this is intriguing. Like, okay, like, um, but I don't, um, they said that they were interested in me, possibly for the role of George, but they just wanted to meet me first. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'm, I'm going to read over the script, get familiar with it, um, but I'm not going to, like, I didn't, I didn't prepare well enough, which I probably should have. Um, and then I went and I met um, with um, Laura and Conrad Denke, who are the um, the executive producers on Forbidden Power. And man, we just hit it off. They're they're like the sweetest people in the world. I, I mean, they're just absolutely incredible. And we for about the first twenty minutes of meeting up, we talked about everything but the film. We just talked. Yeah. We just were shooting the uh, shooting the breeze about this or that, and and just like. Um, talking about movies we liked, and they said, "Oh, we saw your, you know, your really funny, you know, demo reel on IMDb." We couldn't stop laughing. We're like, "We got to meet this guy and everything." And um, and it was they were just being really sweet. And they're like, "Hey, well, you know what? Um, would you like to read some of it? You know, some of the script?" And I was like, taken aback, and I was like, "Oh crap!" Because I I didn't I didn't go over any specific scene. And so yeah, they had me read a scene for George. And it was a scene involving uh, Miles, the, uh, the character I ended up playing. But it was, it was like, I think it was the arg- uh, an argument scene that they have. Um, or No, not an argument scene. It was where Miles comes in and he's bragging about his sale. Like he's bragging that he got the big deal. And, and, I, <laughs> and I did that scene. And I felt I did okay in it. But I was like, oh, you know, I was kind of, afterwards, I looked back. I was kind of cringing. I was like, oh, I didn't know the dialogue well enough. And, uh, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have a clear idea of what Lincoln was and so I was thinking okay I bombed that I totally bombed that Uh, you know they liked me but I'm not gonna get it you know but hey that's cool and so like three weeks go by and I don't hear anything so I'm like oh yeah okay I guess I was right on the money I guess I didn't get anything and then they call me up and Conrad he one of the first things he asked me like he says hey how you doing it's good you know good to talk with you again Eric we were really impressed by your audition and I'm like really you're impressed by my audition. I'm like, oh, oh, great. This is okay. Good. All right. Um, and uh, then he asked me, he says, okay, so Eric, um, how do you feel about uh, getting Botox in your forehead? <laughs> and I'm like, what? 
I'm like, Botox? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you have a really expressive forehead. You know, you got that Jim Carrey forehead where your eyebrows keep going all over the place when you act. And how, how do you feel? Like, because George is not supposed to be so expressive. So how do you feel about getting Botox? Mm. And I'm just like, I'm like, um, <laughs> does it wear off? And I'm like, <laughs> like, am I, is this going to be life? And they're like, no, it, it lasts a couple weeks. And I'm like, well, if it only lasts a couple weeks and, you know, I get a, feature film role i don't care it's not going to hurt my skin at all like yeah why not and everything they're like oh okay um and i don't think they were ready for that because i maybe they had called up other actors and they said no way or something like no hell no i'm not getting botox just for this and so i said yes and then they and then um uh, two weeks go by and then laura calls me up uh conrad's uh wife the other uh, the co-executive producer on this um and she says hey eric uh, we really like you as George, but would you be willing to prepare uh, something for Miles? Miles is, you know, of course, he's he's somewhat of an antagonist. He's total, you know, smartass. I'm sorry, I don't know if I can cuss on here, but uh, I didn't sure. mean to if I uh, – but he's total smart aleck, you know, uh, arrogant, and uh, he's like, would you prepare your favorite scene of his, uh, your, your favorite scene of yours, uh, of his? And I'm like, okay, great. And so – I thought in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm getting the feeling that they, you know, they liked me as George, but they really want to keep me off, but they don't, they're not sold on me as George. So this is my do or die time. This, if I don't nail this, probably won't be on the movie, but they really want me on the movie because they, they like me they, as a person. And so I'm like, okay, Eric, you know, you got to go out and get new shoes. You got to, you know, you got to get your suit, uh, you know, you got to get a, a new suit looking good. Uh, you got to get a new shirt, like a new tie. Like, I mean, I went, I went all out. I even got new product for my hair to, you know, to style it in a way that I felt would match the character and everything. I mean, I went all out. So I'm like, look, okay, Eric, if you really want this, you wanted to be in a feature film, you haven't been in one in about a year, you know, you, you got to take this really seriously. And so I prepared the scene. I, that's all I did. I went over for the, the entire day and I memorized it really well. And then I come in. And that's where I meet Paul for the first time. And, you know, Paul, you know, if, you know, of course everybody knows him here, but he's, he's the sweetest guy in the world. And he's like the ultimate motivator because he, he doesn't, I've never heard a negative thing come out of Paul's mouth. And, and so it was just instantly positive vibes from Laura, Conrad and Paul. And, and so they're like, Hey, well, why don't we go into the scene? And uh, I and they and I'm thinking like, okay, cool. They're gonna have bring an actress in there and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, okay, well, Laura, you get in there and you play Kathy. And you know, um, and Kathy's supposed to be George's love interest and is the kind of the you know somewhat mild love interest. Like he he kind of likes her too. Like he convinced like in a lot of parts of the script that were cut out, he tries to win over her as well. And so I'm like, oh, yeah. my gosh, I'm in here with the executive producer, the director, and I'm going to be hitting on the producer's wife in this scene. <laughs> gosh, I don't know if I should make it really believable or not, because I don't know if that's going to piss him off or not. And so mm. uh, but then I just I'm like, you know what? Screw it, Eric. Just go go into it and you know, do it. You know, do, don't care about what anybody thinks. Go into it as much as possible. And I start doing it and uh, we start doing the scene and it, it, it's going really well. Um, I'm really into it. I'm really starting to like the character. And then I hear some slight, not gasps, but I see some a little bit of, it almost like sounds like something like, you know, emotional was happening next to me. Right. Uh, and then uh, after the scene's done, um, 
like Paul, I look over at Paul and Conrad, they have tears in their eyes. And mm. I, was like, I was shocked. I was like, what way? I was like, oh my God, what, what's going on? Like, are they, are they upset or, or what's going on? And then they just look at me. They're like, part. Oh my God. You're, like, you got the part. Like that was amazing. And they like, they, cause they were so passionate about, oh, you know, we're going to get this film made. And this, this guy really cares about, this is our miles. Like, and I was like instantly sold right there. Cause they, I've never been in the room with producers that were so passionate about their film to where when they see it slightly come to life that they start yeah. crying. And I was, I, I almost, it almost wow. brought a tear to my eye and it was amazing. And it was, I was, I was so blown away by that. And I was like, okay, yeah, I, I want to do this. Like, you know, sign me up. This was amazing. It, it was absolutely fantastic. And um, yeah, I'll never forget it. And um, I'll never get tired of telling that story too. Cause it was just, it was so heartwarming um, seeing them both with a tear in their eye and, uh, uh, and then getting to work with them afterwards was an amazing experience. It really was. Yeah, I could tell you had a lot of fun with that role. So, folks, as I promised at the top of the show, we have uh, a little surprise. So we have the fantastic uh, Nazanin Nuri, who played uh, Veronica. She's on the board. Let me bring her into the party. Good evening. Hello. Hi. Good evening. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Sure. I thought I'm gonna give a call and find out what my boys are up to. Dad, <laughs> <laughs> I miss you so much, my dear. Hi, guys. I miss you. Hi. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Fantastic. So, Nazanine, uh, I just want to ask you, how fun was it to uh, play a femme fatale? Oh my God, I I love playing Veronica. I think I took Veronica home with me, and here and there, I <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear yeah. me? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. yeah. That, oh, that's yeah. I, I love Veronica. It's, you know, she's she's a mix of everything that you know. Um, how to say that? Um, you know. She's badass, and she's very serious, but also at the same time, she's playful and flirty, and I love that. It's, it's a perfect mix. <laughs> yes, she has Naz- positive was, qualities, uh, but go ahead. Oh, Naz- I just want to say Nazanin worked hard, as, as everybody did, but she had a lot of dialogue, and uh, we had to um, get uh, many scenes done per day, sometimes three and four scenes, and... Uh, she really uh, stuck with the dialogue, and sometimes I had to re-edit the dialogue on the on the set. And um, and she and uh, uh, Lincoln um, Bevers, who played George, they memorized it right there in the set and continued on with it. So um, it was great working with her. Yeah, we were all a yeah. very good, great team. So we all helped each other out. Yeah, I could tell. I could tell you had a very good team team there on the set. So, Paul, I'm going to go back to you. So if you had to sell this movie on one of those cutouts in a movie theater lobby, uh, what would you say? Oh, on the lobby? Uh, let's see. The words. Well, what we're doing on Amazon, it's going to be on Amazon soon, and it, it says, um, after a one-night affair, 
with a mysterious woman, a young man. The young man wakes up empowered and is left with a cryptic message. And that's the tag on the on the on the project. And it's listed as a um, mystery action thriller. It certainly is that. Certainly is. So Harry, you've been quiet back there for a while. So now you play a martial arts studio uh, owner named Ching. So what was more fun for you in Forbidden Power, acting or stunts? Well, first of all, I have to say that I'm very disappointed that I didn't have a chance to fight Nazanin and have her kick my butt. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I wanted to get beat up by her. I really did. I wanted she could beat me up any day of the week. <laughs> no, well, I don't think most guys yeah. would mind getting beat up by Nathanine. Yeah. So. <laughs> you think that now? <laughs> <laughs> Any, anyhow, um, well, you, you know, when when Paul told me about this project, you know, I, I basically said, you know, I've worked with Paul. You know, Paul was. Uh, uh, we go way back, you know, I, and I did uh, stunts and choreography for Paul uh, back in, uh, way back in the day when he did Ninja Busters, yeah. and then Ninja thereafter, Busters, yeah, yeah, Ninja Busters, uh huh. And then, then I, I actually hired Paul to come in editing for my film, The Vineyard, and so we've always stayed in contact. And and when Paul got me this project and said, "Hey, I have this film I want to do," and you know, and I, I don't, I didn't know how to take it. You know, I wasn't sure. Like, oh God, it's been a while since Paul did a movie. Is he serious about this or what? And then, as time went by, he was, he sent me the script. He sent me, you know, and and I'm looking at my my role, and I'm like saying, okay, very cool, very cool. Um, all right, okay, um, is this really going to happen? And then next thing you know, he's like, hey, are you able to travel during this time? I said, sure. You know, I, yeah, yeah. And I'm like waiting and waiting, and all of a sudden, bam. There it happens, you know, and I'm so I'm, I'm re- rehearsing my lines before I go there, and I I haven't uh, you know I haven't been in front of a camera, <clears throat> gosh, in, in years and years, you know, and I I'm thinking to myself, oh gosh, am I going to be able to pull this off? You know, I don't want I want to make sure I do a good job, you know, and I, you know, I I don't want to let Paul down, and so I studied my roles, you know, so and, and as I studied them, I started feeling more comfortable, and I said to myself, you know what, gosh, it's like riding a bike, you know, if, 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 really, am I going to lose what I've learned all these years in the industry? So <clears throat> when yeah. I got there, I I, you know, it, it turned out really, it, it, it just turned out absolutely fabulous. Hang on, my Excuse me, my dog's barking over here. <laughs> Anyhow, so I get out there, and you know, I I have some um, uh, some other folks that I was able to bring on to this project. Uh, Janine Avante being one of them, and so she she says to me, she says, "Well, well, what you know? Have you read the script?" And and I I'm looking at her, and I'm and I'm like. I haven't read the script. She says, you haven't read the script? I said, no, I've just been studying my part because I just wanted to make sure that I did a good job for Paul, you know. And she goes, well, well, you got to know about the story. I said, well, I kind of know about the story, you know, but I haven't read the script. So anyhow, I, 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 after I, I got myself together on that, I, um, I went in and, and I, I just – I thought I did a pretty decent job for – for not having been in front of the camera for a while. So when you ask about uh, the choreography versus my acting, you know, versus the acting, 
uh, always being a martial artist for 52 years, I've always liked doing martial arts and always liked doing the fight scenes. That's that's always been a passion of mine. Uh, but then again, along with the acting, so I, they just work so well hand in hand that that they're you know I, I have to say that they're like equaled out. You know, I is is hey as long as you could give me a role where I'm fighting and acting, I'm a happy camper. <laughs> you know, so either way I take it, I, I, I will take it. Yeah, that that's I mean that that's what it's about. I mean just doing what you do best. So, uh, Nazanin, I'm going to go back to you. So, I got to yeah. pick on you. I know that you're from um, Persia, so you have to say something to our Persian fans out there in Farsi about the film. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, you're putting <laughs> me on the spot right now. <laughs> well, um, what should I say? Um, Say, uh, I'm dangerous. I'm dangerous and bad and forbidden power. <laughs> In Veronica <laughs> voice, is that what you want? <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me a moment. Man, khil khatano kastam, mowazet bosh. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, say that again. <laughs> say that again. We didn't hear you. You hear that, Paul? (laughs) Yeah, I've never never heard her speak another language. That's great. (laughs) Wow, that's fantastic. And the funny thing, it does sound vaguely Native American for some reason. I I don't know. Maybe this is my my take on it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'd like to hear Nazanin say, I can't wait to meet up with Chang again because I'm going to beat him up. I can say that in German. I think in German that sounds better. Could you say it in German? Oh, do you, do you speak German? Yeah, because I, you know, I grew up in Switzerland, so my first language is actually just <gasps> German. So, you know, my background is Persian, so I speak a little bit of Farsi. But, you know, if I, you know, my, my first language is Swiss German. So, oh, you know. oh, that's that's interesting. <laughs> if I was saying Swiss German, Harry, uh-huh. be careful, I'm coming after you, it would sound like, Harry, pass off. Ich mach dich fertig. You know, William, Harry was talking about the Harry was talking about the fight. Harry was talking yeah, about the yeah. Harry was talking about the fight choreography, and you you saw the the scene that uh, was out in the alley with uh, with all the fog. And that day we filmed uh, six complete separate scenes in one day, and uh, we ended up out in the alley uh, at midnight. And Harry had to he choreographed, and he we had uh, twelve uh, thugs that he had to rescue the girl from, as you saw in the movie, and we had three. Yeah, fog machines going and the big boom that went up 30 feet in the air and uh, Harry had to perform uh, we finished at 2 a.m. so uh, you know it speaks well uh, the professionalism of Harry and everybody that uh, you know we did what we had to do uh, to get the job done and we finished that um, that scene including the big boom shot with the fog machines going at 2 a.m. so um, uh, that's uh, the thing about movies you got to call up your talent at will and deliver on a deadline, which uh, Harry did and we all did. 
There you go, man. That That's what's up. So now, Eric, I've I got to go back to you. So you were so annoying in your role as Miles. I know you have a comedy background. So now, did you bring your anti-heckling energy to your scenes with Lincoln? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I honestly, I was just thinking the whole time, like, how can I really piss this guy off? Like, I, I, I just was trying to be as as arrogant as possible. And just like, if I can, I don't know, my, my way of looking at it is if I can get, if I can, if I'm on set and I can get, if I'm playing an asshole, like if I'm playing an arrogant guy, if I can get the crew and maybe even the actors to pop and be like, okay, well, they, they think I'm an asshole. Like they think, oh my God, this guy's such a, you know, then I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm doing all right. Then it's like, you know, I, yeah, I, I love playing the jerk because it's like it's totally not what I am in real life, but it's so much fun to pretend to be an asshole. It, it is the most fun thing in the world because then when they, they call cut, it's like, you know, I didn't really mean that. So it's OK. No, no, I didn't. I didn't say I didn't. Yeah. So you can't be mad at me and everything. So, yeah, I, I loved it. It was so much fun being a jerk. Yeah. Especially because I like Lincoln so much and everything, <laughs> yeah. but he got to kick my ass in the end, so it was it was fine. Yeah. You know, Paul, I got to go back to you. I wish Lincoln was on the line, but if he was here, I would ask him. I, I would mention about I love I just love how he played George. He was like a laconic gunslinger, you know, with this laid back delivery. There was an old school uh, Italian actor in the spaghetti westerns. Uh, I think it was Juliano Jimio, I think his name was. And he had, kind of had the same kind of laid back, almost a 60s delivery. Do you think that, is that something that you, you coached out of him, or is it something in the script, or how did that come about? William, we were working so fast. The, act, the actors came up with their, um, you know, their own interpretation uh, just yeah. via the, the characters and the lines uh, in the movie. The one thing I remembered uh, specifically for Lincoln, uh, and you're right, he does come off like a '60s, like a Jim Hutton kind of a laid-back, relaxed guy. And then, um, but that scene in the park where the guy confronts him and and, and starts to yell at him, playing chess there in the park, and I told Lincoln that um, now that he's got the power, I told him you just stand and look at the guy. You don't care either way. You're not angry. You're not scared. But you know he's yours. So if this guy does attack you, you're ready for him. But you don't care either way. And that's and he pulled that off. If you remember that scene in the park, nice. Where he yeah he figures out the chess moves and um, the guy got angry. So that was that was the only uh, direction um, I gave him because I wanted that very specifically. But the rest he got from the. Um, uh, you know, from the script, my job would be to say, you know, a little stronger. A couple of times, I'd say, say that that line, particular line, stronger. But, but other yeah. than that, all the actors, um, uh, you know, they 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 got the characterization from the script. Yeah, yeah, that that was a fantastic scene. So, uh, Nazanin, I, I got to go back to you. So, I know that you you do stunts as well, stunts and and mixed martial arts. So. Talk about your training in that area. Well, you know, I, I've always been very athletic. And since I started acting, it was very important to me to have the ability to do my own stunts because I'm, 
so into action movies and, you know, like everything that comes with it. So I started doing my own training and I've been doing this since three years now. And yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think it calls for a fight scene. Sorry? <laughs> I think I it calls for it. a fight scene. I know, right? <laughs> it was, I had that one scene where I'm choking. Um, oh, my God. Um, oh, yeah, you're choking Yeah, one of your... Oh, yeah, choked yeah. the guy out. Yeah, yeah. you were into that. And it was so much fun. I loved it. And that's one of my favorite scenes of the movie, too. So, yeah. He didn't see it coming. Poor guy. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> well, not to give too much away. Let's let's move on to uh, Harry. I got a two-parter for you. So you got to talk about Animal Crackers that you got coming up, and also what was the secret sauce to being the type of director who can handle the huge egos of rap artists? Oh, oh, oh interesting, interesting, interesting. Good, good question though. Um, Animal Crackers. Uh, we're hoping to have a release uh, August tenth. Uh, wide release uh, with uh, stars John Krasinski, Emily Blunt, Danny DeVito, Sylvester Stallone, Sir Ian McKellen, Raven Simone, Gilbert Gottfried, Patrick Warburton, wow. Harvey Firestein, LaShawn, huge, incredible cast. And uh, I was uh, um, I'm one of the executive producers on that project, and, uh, and it basically, again, had to do with raising the funds, so a majority of that I was able to uh, bring to the table. And uh, with my incredible uh, friend and colleague, Scott Sava, who uh, created uh, these incredible stories and directed and produced as well. Uh, anyhow, um, um, yeah, Animal Crackers, you, you guys, you know, you, whoever, all you listeners out there, you get a chance to see it, please do. Uh, and you will not be disappointed. It is a Pixar-quality film with an incredible story behind it. Um, now, in regards to uh, directing and dealing with uh, uh, these hip hop eagles of the hip hop artists, uh, yeah, you 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 nailed it right on the button. You know, uh, you know, at these they do have eagles, and uh, oh boy, I, as a matter of fact, uh, when you the reason one of the reasons why I uh, used Michael Q uh, as my name for directing, first of all, that's my son's name, and his middle name is Quan, so I used Michael Q, uh, because, you know, here I am, I'm dealing with these, you know, kind of thug mentality hip-hop artists, you know, and my here I am, yeah. Harry. Like, Harry, you know, I mean, I didn't <laughs> want to be a Harry, I wanted to be cool, I wanted to be something, I wanted to be... Give me a name. Come on, Michael Q. Michael Q sounds cool. Okay, Michael Q is cool. Okay, let's do Michael Q. You know, and <laughs> so I and that's why. That's the reason why. You know, because I these guys were some of these guys are I mean pretty hardcore. You know, uh, I did a lot, quite a few music videos for Master P. I think the last one I did for him was uh, the 504 Boys Wobble Wobble Shake It Shake It Drop It Drop It. Uh, that was <laughs> I think that was the last one I did, which was number one on BET for like five weeks in a row. Nice. No. Yeah. So again, you know, I I had to I had to step up, you know. But you know, look, I'm I'm a I came to, from the streets myself, you know. I had a kind of a rough upbringing, you know, tough guy, martial artist, you know. Didn't didn't, you know, 
didn't take no mess from anybody, ready to ready to rock and roll any given time. So, you know, I, I, I came up from the, on the streets. You know, a lot of my friends were from, you know, all my friends were black and Mexican, you know. So uh, I understood the lingo. I understood, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, the, the, you know, just like you know the the language, you know, you gotta you gotta be kind of hip to what's going on. You gotta speak their language, you know. And I, I, I was able to. I was brought up that way, you know. And so they we got along really well. And uh, there wasn't. I never ran across any uh, uh, any major issues or anything like that. Um, uh, here I am with a couple of the people that I worked with. Sea um, uh, murder, uh, and he lived up to his name because he ended up in the pen for doing uh, living up to his name. And then uh, one of the other uh, rappers too, uh, Mac. Um, oh God, Mac. We did one for him called World War, and he same thing. He ended up in the pen too for mm. you know being that thug mentality, you know, and living the thug life, you know. And uh, mm. and they really. I mean, that's how real, real it was. You know, they didn't. When you talk about, you know, the, the you know, these guys with the attitudes and the thug mentality and everything, it was it was no joke. It was real. So mm. I, yeah, I, I I was able to fit right in. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, you got to be tough dealing with those guys. So now, Eric, I'm gonna um, hit you with a uh, hypothetical. So. A casting director sees your reel. Uh, what would their impression be of you? Um, probably a lot of energy. Uh, that's what I probably. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, maybe a little overacting. Maybe some guy who needs to tone it down a little bit. Um, you know, but uh, it, yeah, I mean, I um. I would say probably, yeah, a guy that's trying to go for the Jim Carrey, the comedy, comedy kind of vibe and everything. Yeah. Oh, you know, you have it when you said energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That was and, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's honestly, I, I think, and I've gotten that you know, response back is that, you know, like, Hey, Hey, pull it back just a little bit and everything. Yeah. And and that's what I actually like about playing the jerks is mm. because you, you can kind of let loose. I can kind of let loose a little bit. Um, and one major direction that I got from Paul that I was very appreciative, uh, you know, during filming is that he would always tell me, Eric, you know, he'd be like, hey, more energy, a little faster, a little louder, like in every, and so it's like, mm. I got the feeling that he wanted me to, to keep pushing on that character. Like I wasn't being, because I, at first I approached it very, very low key, the character. And then he just, he kept pushing me to do more. And so I was like, you know what, forget it. Like, I, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm going to do as big as possible and, and let him rein me back in if he wants and so that's why and like and there's in several scenes where i um i think i would go over the mark but he 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 liked it he loved it and i remember one scene in particular where i'm supposed to get mad at um lincoln uh i get you know i mean we did one take of that and then he's like no it's it's good it's perfect we don't need any more like and everything like that and it was just it was so it was so gratifying you know to have a director that would he pushed me in a way, and I didn't even realize it. It, it took me 
you know, weeks later to be like, huh, you know, he was trying to get me to that spot and everything. And because I, I attacked it at first, like way too nonchalant. I, I take the character. I'm like, ah, you know, I don't want to, I want to make them a little bit more likable. I want to make them a little bit more real and everything. And then he didn't, he didn't allow that, but he did it in a way that it's not like, you know, how some directors, they'll just tell you, no, that was bad. Do it over again. And Paul doesn't do that. He, he gives you the right advice and very few words to motivate you to do it the way he, he wants to see it. And it was just, it, it was awesome. And, um, and yeah, so I'm very grateful to Paul. It, it really rekindled my, um, my love for, for comedy again. So. Yeah, that's, that's inspiring. So I'm going to go back to, um, Paul, so now you edited the 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 vineyard for um, for Harry. So talk about how you got involved in that film. Well, it was pretty much right after um, Ninja Busters, and you know, it, uh, Harry mentions the, all all the contacts and that we stayed uh, in contact. And you never know, Harry did stunts on um, on Ninja Busters. And then he became a producer. And I always say, hey, the stuntman of today is the producer of tomorrow. And I had, um, on my movie Weapons of Death, a couple of years before that, I had these uh, swords women. Some of them were models and some of them were karate people. And then one of the swords women uh, stayed in touch. I'd sent photos out to all the, to the, the actresses uh, just as a, you know, polite thing to do. And uh, one of the swords women... Uh, a year later, got me and got in touch with me because she had my address on the return return uh, envelope, and uh, yeah. she got in touch with me to, and hired me uh, uh, to go to Thailand to direct a uh, travelogue, thirty minute travelogue in Thailand, Phuket, Thailand, where they film uh, Man with the Golden Gun. So right. you never know, um, uh, and and uh, you know the stunt man, the, the extra of today on your set could be the producer of tomorrow. So that's why you treat everybody, uh, you know, with respect. And um, I had that relationship with Harry, and when he uh, got his movie, The Vineyard, he asked me to edit. And uh, we had a great we had a great time. James Hong, um, very famous uh, actor, did 400 movies, and he acted in it and was the director. And uh, we all, you know, and Harry, I remember sitting with Harry on this big auction scene where we had all these different camera setups and, Harry and I edited that one together. Tried various things, and it was a, it was a happy time doing that. It was about a uh, seven minute scene. It was a good time doing that. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. So, Nazanine, I got to go back to you. Uh, you were raised in Switzerland, so how yes. enormous was the cu- the culture shock uh, moving to New York? <laughs> well, I don't think that's a culture shock because those people. They travel a lot, and, you know, since we're such a tiny country, it's very close to us for us to go to Italy or Spain or all the neighbor countries. So, you know, I it, I never had a culture shock at all. <laughs> okay, okay. And then as far as the, uh, the acting scene in New York, I mean, was that – and also the modeling, too. I mean, how, how did that uh, compare to Switzerland? I mean, in Switzerland, I started modeling when I was very young, and then I was in a beauty pageant. And since Switzerland is very a small country, you know, when you 
make it, you really made it. You know what I mean? It was yeah. way easier for me to, you know, get the job because uh-huh. I already had, you know, a platform. And when I moved to America, I had to start all over again, which was fine because I wanted to start all over again and, you know, find something else. And that's how I found found acting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now, Harry, um, I'm going to go to you and talk about your daily exercise routine. Man, I want to be like you when I grow up. I mean, you're just so, like, in shape. I mean, you you got to talk about that. For, 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 for an old fart, right? <laughs> no, you put us young guys to shame, Harry. You really do. <laughs> well, 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 thank you. Well, you know, um, I, I treat my body like a temple, you know. Yeah. I have to remain maintain the structure, right, in order to, uh, you know, keep it preserved. And uh, I've always been uh, athletic in one shape, one way or another, shape or form, uh, starting from martial arts when I was eight years old and then started my weightlifting when I was 18 because I wanted to look like Bruce Lee. You know, after watching my first Bruce Lee movie, I wanted to be one. Yeah. Well, actually, Bruce is one that inspired me to be in the film industry. So when right. I started, I, I hit it with a very, um, I hit it very hard, you know, with a uh, with a passion, and I was able to replicate, literally replicate his physique, and then I thought, you know what, this, uh, I'm I'm going to keep on going. So I actually replicated and then went beyond that, you know, because I wanted to be my own individual and I didn't want to try and be like another Bruce Lee because uh, it wasn't acceptable back then. Nobody, you know, he had all the copycats, but that wasn't very long lived, you know. So I uh, just wanted to, um, you know, do that for myself. And in doing so, I created my own routines. I even invented um, my own fitness um, apparatus in, called the Isobel. And uh, I, I, I maintain a rigorous routine. I train at least uh, five days a week, if not six. And that's what keeps me in shape, you know, eating healthy, eating properly, you know, just um, um, you know, cutting down. Uh, it, it's funny. It's funny how uh, last year I'm at the doctor's and I'm getting my blood work done, and my doctor tells me, "Harry, you know, you're borderline diabetic." I said, "What?" I said, "Borderline hmm. diabetic." I mean, whoa, man, am, am I doing? What am I doing wrong here? You know. So what I did was, <clears throat> I didn't want to go on medication, so I changed my eating habits. And what I did was I started cutting out my carbs. You know, I started cutting out my bread, my pastas. Uh, I already cut out my white rice, you know, to brown rice. You know, I started uh, uh, bringing in um, um, a less intake of food uh, at one particular setting. Um, And then uh, just recently I had my blood work done, and he says, man, whatever you're doing, keep on doing it because, man, you're perfect. And I said, oh, wonderful. Well, okay, back to normal now. So we really have to take into consideration, you know, what we're putting into our bodies. And, you know, the the more you put into your body, the more stuff we put into our bodies, uh, whether it's junk or the good stuff, you know, uh, we have yeah. to be able to make sure that we, we do the right things to go along with that. And one of them is exercise, you know. And, uh, uh, and But it goes to show that no matter even how much you exercise, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to take care of uh, what it is that you're putting into your body because, look, I was last year, I was borderline diabetic. But I, mm. I corrected that. 
Oh, people can correct that. You guys out there listening, you can correct yeah. that. And, you know, when you're younger, an uh, 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 old buddy of mine who's a doctor, he was the first Chinese-American to graduate from Stanford University. And wow. so that tells you that was a long time ago, right? Well, he developed a cure for arthritis through diet, and he wrote three best-selling cookbooks. And in, yeah. in doing so, he cured thousands of people all over the world. And uh-huh. I remember... I remember going on, getting. He gave me one of his books. I'm going on one of his diets, right? And he, he, he. I, I see him, and he tells me, "Hey, you know, I, I was so happy to tell him, hey, I'm, I'm doing your diet." And he's like, he's like laughing at me. Here I am, I like, like in my, in my forties, you know, and I'm like, you know, uh, no, no, I wasn't in my forties. I'm sorry, I was in my thirties, and he's laughing at me. He says, "Why are you?" going on my diet you know he says you young now you eat whatever you want you know and do you just eat whatever you want enjoy your enjoy yourself he says but i'll tell you one thing he says when you start turning getting into your around your mid-40s you better seriously start considering changing your diet you know and boy i mean this guy is absolutely right because what happens is your metabolism slows down your body changes you know and you cannot yeah you know and and it harder to start burning those calories and everything you know and you gotta you have to be yeah. proactive you know, and you gotta start w- watching what what's coming in as well as uh, uh your your training as well to burn off those calories so uh yeah so uh, that's basically yeah uh what i did i kept to that you know and you know i i uh, stayed to my complex carbs you know my proteins uh, and then also I, I I also detox three times a year. I'll do the master cleanser, which is the lemon juice, uh, organic grape, bee, maple syrup, and cayenne cayenne pepper fast. And I do that for ten days, three times a year, is to get a full full detox uh, from all the all the junk that's not, not necessarily well from what I eat, and also what's what's put getting put into our bodies just from the air. And from the chemicals that we use to clean our house, yeah, you know, so I do a full uh, a full body detox. And one of the things that people have high amounts of is uh, uh, aluminum uh-huh. oxide, and 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 that's being, you know, <laughs> that's in the air, and we're breathing. There you and go. If you go and have your body checked for um, metal content, you notice that your everybody has high uh, alum, aluminum in their system. I got to move on to, I'm sorry to cut you off, but we're kind of uh, got a couple more questions to kind of squeeze into, to here this last uh, 12 minutes or so. So Paul, what were some of the challenges of filming in Seattle? Well, I looked up, um, number one, I looked up the, when do they have the least rain? Because it's a very rainy place and it was mid-August. That's why I set the, the date for August. Uh, other than that, it was easy. Uh, Twenty-five dollars gets you a permit to shoot anywhere on the street, uh, so so that was easy. You know what I want to say to your uh, listeners that are uh, thinking about making a movie: um, when you hire, when you get an actor, when the actor gets a part, and they're the first thing their relatives or loved ones going to ask, they're not going to say what's the movie about or where's the location. The first thing they're going to ask is how much you're getting paid. You know, especially. <laughs> A jealous uh, boyfriend or a jealous girlfriend or wife. What are you getting paid? And on this um, on this project uh, and all my projects, we always paid the actors. But uh, this one especially, uh, we were under two hundred thousand. And the Screen Actors Guild has a um, called ultra low budget 
under 200,000, which is 125 a day. So even though we were not non-union, I chose the $125 a day for all the actors so they could tell their loved ones, what are you getting paid? Screen Actors Guild scale. And that, and that shuts them up. So, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, it's very, it's very important. So uh, the, the crew, of course, they got their regular fee. And, and a lot of the younger guys, uh, producers, you know, their first film, they're looking for free actors. But um, after your first film, uh, you know, pay your actors and then they'll come to the uh, they'll come to the uh, project uh, they'll respect the project and, and the seriousness of it so that's uh, that's very important there you go there you go okay I have a few more questions and then we'll wrap up so now Eric uh, do you stay in character between takes or do you find yourself taking a break away from your character um I mean, sometimes it depends on what, what character it is. Um, like on this one, it was such a fun character to play. Um, and I was having a good time on set that I can usually prove pretty, be pretty loose during takes. Um, uh, and like, I can joke around with the other actors. I can, you know, be in a good mood. And then, you know, right when they call action, I can sit, I can go back into it, you know, pretty easily. Um, but if I'm playing, like, um, I'm not meaning to bring up another movie because we're talking about Forbidden Power, but if I'm playing, like, uh, I just did a role where I played a pretty um, pretty vicious and pretty corrupt businessman, you know, from the Bronx and New York and, you know, heavy, thick accent. And, you know, he, he's ve- it's a very particular type of character, and it's a very, you know, serious role. There's no comedic effect to it or anything like that and so with that like I would stay in character because I don't naturally have a Bronx or Brooklyn accent and I'm not naturally in that demeanor to where I look down on people or anything like that I'm very accepting in real life uh, you know I'm very happy-go-lucky but this but that character wasn't and so for me to switch on and off would be really difficult and it's kind of jarring to me like it, it like jars me to go from one character to another but with with this character in particular I was having so much fun and I love the cast and crew so much. And I loved Paul and, you know, and being there with Conrad and Laura. And I was so comfortable that I actually, it was so fluid. I could go in and out of character very easily and, and still make it work. And then when they gave me a direction, you know, I could, I could follow it to a T and it was, it really was like any other uh, film experience I've had. I, I've never been that happy on a set ever. Uh, and it, so it was just, it was a very fond experience that I'll, I'll treasure forever. So. Fantastic. Okay. So, uh, Nazanin, um, talk about how you tune your instrument and also touch on how you approach auditions. How do I tune my instrument for characters or what do you mean exactly with that? Yeah. For your, your acting, your acting skills. I mean, <laughs> I have to say, I went to acting school, and the very first most important thing our teacher would say over and over again, Carrie, I'm sorry for that one, but read the script. <laughs> read it again. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I think <laughs> read it fully. Like, that, that was the most important rule in our school, to understand everything. Even if there was a word that you don't understand, find, find out what that means. And you have to be very, very and everything has to have a meaning to you. So um, that's, that's how I approach 
you know, the script or the character that is given to me. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Paul, uh, we have a question for you, and then I have uh, just one more question for everybody. So, Paul, so talk about the importance of actors being prepared for last-second calls, because I know that Lincoln, he came in pretty pretty much last-second. Yeah, everybody um, – uh, we shot pretty fast. We only had uh, – we had three weeks of pre-production, and, I, you know, I did the casting um, I'm here in Japan, and I did it over the Internet looking at all the agencies in, in uh, Seattle and looking at uh, pictures and resumes, and I talked to – uh, some of them by Skype, and uh, some were interviewed um, uh, in Seattle. So um, uh, we didn't have a rehearsal. In fact, um, uh, I don't like rehearsals like Clint Eastwood and other directors like that. They don't they don't want to use up the actor's energy. That's why I don't shoot a lot of takes. I want spontaneity. William Friedkin's like that as as well. So um, the actors prepared themselves, and then I'd, bl- I'd block the scene with the camera and, and stage the actors, and we'd run it for the cameras and um, make a few improvements here and there, and then we film it. And uh, the actors were, were hot. They were, uh, I saw on their resume, they, most of them were stage trained, and uh, they, all, they all were professional, and they, and they knew the seriousness of um, the schedule. And... Um, so we just went from there. You know, I never gave Nazanin one uh, acting tip except a couple of times I just said, uh, keep doing what you're doing. But I didn't want to say anything because she was doing these great scenes. And I didn't want to say anything to throw her. So I just said, keep doing what you're doing. Once in a while I told her that. So that's how we that's how we got the acting done. The actors, uh, they, br- they bring it to the set. There you go. There you go. Okay, so final question for everybody, and just we'll kind of go round robin. Uh, I guess Harry. Uh, I guess I'll pick on you first. Uh, any websites you'd like to share out there, and any parting words of wisdom? Any parting words of wisdom? Well, I I, I have to say, you know, for filmmakers out there, whether you're an actor, or filmmaker, you know, it, it really. It, it, it's Hollywood is very unforgiving in so many different ways, you know. And if you're passionate about it, you really have to you really have to put that passion to work, and you really have to get out there to where get out to where it's really happening, you know. Um, I never moved to Los Angeles to Hollywood because I never wanted to raise my kids there. Uh, it's ironic because my oldest son lives there now and is working in the industry, but I've advised. Uh, several different people uh, what they needed to do and and they did it and they're out there and they're very successful in Hollywood and you have to be out there um, or in an area where they're that's what they do Hollywood is one New York is one there's always projects that are going on you know if you if you if you really want to make this a part of your life then you have to be where it's all happening and you got to pound the pavement you have to be and but, but make sure you're prepared Make sure that you are prepared, and don't and don't fool yourself. You have to know that you are prepared to go out there for those auditions, because when you get out there, you know there's going to be a lot of other people out there as well. 
Uh, I remember when we were doing a show that entailed cast uh, auditioning a lot of young people, and we had a very famous uh, casting director working with us. And I tell you, I could not tell the difference from one to the other. Every young person that came in that auditioned, I thought were absolutely fabulous. But afterwards, the casting director told me why they didn't pick each and every one except for very specific ones that they picked. And I thought, oh, my God, they all looked great. But she knew. She knew. So you have to be prepared. And uh, in regards to, uh, you mentioned the other question about website. Yeah, whatever websites you want to put out there, our fans can keep up with you and all that. Oh, oh, okay. Well, um, yeah, no particular websites. You know, I'm just uh, right now, you know, other than, you know, I know that uh, Forbidden Power has their, their, I think they have their website. Or, but, you know, Facebook, I'm on Facebook, you know, and um, uh, Instagram. And uh, we're, uh, we have our Animal Crackers uh, uh, Facebook page. Uh, watch out for that, you know, and uh, we're going to, that will be launched in uh, August. Fantastic. Okay, Nazanin, talk about uh, how fans can keep up with you and any parting words of wisdom. Um, I have a homepage. It's nazaninuri.com, but I think the best way would be following me on Instagram, which is nazaninuri, and I I post there a lot on my stories. Also, you can see some of my workout routines, me fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Instagram is the best way to follow me. Okay, that's fantastic. Okay, Eric. Yes. Um, well, okay, so parting words of wisdom. I don't know. If I had to give any advice, which I don't like to usually give advice to other actors, but like, um, but if I had to give any advice, it would just be, Never let anybody else determine your self-worth as an actor. There's always going to be critics, no matter what. Yeah. Um, that they, Even if you're great, you can be the, the greatest actor in the world, but there are going to be people that don't like you, even, because, even if you're, you're great. And even if you're bad, you're, you're, there are going to be people that like you or dislike you, or you're in the middle. But you can always – this is a constantly evolving art, and there is no finite – ability that you're restricted to you can always get better and so don't let anybody tear you down with that um it always takes time as harrison ford said you know he was the last of his friends to stay out in la and that was the reason he made it every you know and it took him years to make it but every friend kept leaving you know every every year until he was the last one and then that's why he finally made it and that's what he attributes his success to and um and uh yeah, and I, I guess, too, I don't really have any websites or anything like that, but I will be coming out uh, in the upcoming months with a podcast. Uh, it's called the Eric and Joe Show Podcast. Um, nice. And um, we're, we're going to have the updates coming out uh, on Facebook, um, Instagram, and all the usual social media sites. I'll be promoting that more. But, um, um, yeah, it's not All right. Okay. And lastly, Paul. Yes, there is a Forbidden Power fan uh, fan page on Facebook, and you can connect with me there or through my name. And um, it should be we're up doing the final uploads now on Amazon, so uh, the movie should be available for rent and purchase uh, on Amazon uh, Direct Video uh, within ten days, hopefully. 
And I got very specific um, words of wisdom. You know, William, there's a lot of books out there about independent film producing podcasts, and a lot of them will tell you, make it small, make your movie only three, four actors, have it only in one location or maximum two locations. And we've been getting great reviews on, on some movie websites for Forbidden Power, that people that see, that's seen it. And a couple of them mentioned it's an ambitious ambitious project we have about uh 20 we have about six leads and another 15 supports and with extras and i remember there's uh there's 160 people because we, that's how many different checks we wrote out um so on on film future filmmakers you know try to be ambitious if you work your schedule think bigger for your movie don't follow the idea where you only have to have two actors in one location um, work your schedule, work your locations, and uh, be efficient. And try to think big. Try to copy the you know the bigger movies for you know whatever your budget is. We had a limited number of days, but we were very efficient in choosing our locations, and um, that's why the the movie looks big. People are surprised when they see how big our movie looks. So um, don't don't listen to the uh, the advice of make your movie small. Try to make it look as big as you can. Yeah, don't listen to the naysayers. Okay, so Harry, Nazanin, Eric, Paul, I just thank you again all for your time, and I, I really enjoyed speaking with you. Thank, thank you, William. You, William. Thank, thank you, William. Thank you, William. All right. Absolutely. Okay, and have a wonderful night. You too. Bye, you too. guys. Bye. Okay. Bye. 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 All right, folks out there in Radio Land, remember to do something for your career every single day and break a leg. Night. Under the dark, you pacify me. Hold my breath Take me down, I won't fight Beat on my heart, you drum inside me Somewhere my death Makes the sound no one can find I never met anyone like you
close Feels like a sin when you're beside me Till I play with your day 